2: Welcome to episode one hundred and forty-nine of the Terrible Book Club. I'm Paris, and this is Chris. Hi. And this is d Hello. And this is Ken. Audi.
1: Yes, we did it. We finally did it.
2: <laughs> oh my god, we did a normal <laughs> intro. Did yes. It.
3: Oh, it's Woo. fucking nailed. That's it. We we done crushed the game. Good work, team.
2: Yeah, let's stop recording. We did it. It's done. <laughs> all,
3: it.
4: Podcast over.
2: Uh, so welcome uh today we are here once again with the antique freaks uh so today we bring you yet another episode of the terrible antique book freaks um so this time in a spectral switcheroo we are actually performing the play dr jekyll and mr hyde by daniel e bandman uh this was inspired by our patron miri who sent us a Truly tantalizing message in May of last year. That's right. We take a year and a half to get to your request. Uh, saying, <laughs> if you want a non-postmodern play, a linear plot with a truly absurd backstory, I suggest Daniel Bandman's adaptation of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, written in 1888. It was the losing and worse adaptation in an international after <laughs> race lawsuit that led to the lead actor of the other adaptation. Richard Mansfield, being accused of being, or inspiring, Jack the Ripper. Uh, I think Ken's probably heard of the story, and if not, he'd be interested in it. At any rate, this adaptation will make him angry on its own merits. It's out of print on its own, but can be found in full in the book Jekyll and Hyde Dramatized, along with all sorts of information about the drama around the drama. I did my dissertation on illegal theatrical adaptations of popular fiction in the nineteenth century, and this was one of the wackiest <laughs> stories I found. My new uh, favorite dissertation. Involved... Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's right. Right. Also Eerie must be having cool. a must
3: be having like a ball game fun day with what's been going on lately with illegal adaptations
2: of plays. Uh, Uh, all right more more (laughs) on that in a moment uh uh miri ended by saying uh both plays involved in the race and lawsuit are bad adaptations but the bandman one is worse bad writing as well as nonsensical plot and characterization changes love interest insertion etc we thought this would be perfect for a halloween special with the antiques freaks so we bring it to you today um, if this is your first time listening to this show, th- this is a weird one to start with. This is not what we usually do. Uh, what we normally <laughs> do here is we read books that we assume will be bad based on their cover title summary or some combination of the three uh, sometimes, like today, though, we do we do weird stuff. We, we perform radio plays, or we read books that our patrons, listeners, or friends recommend. So, typically, we do the opposite of what most people do when they are looking for something to read, and we intentionally choose things we will probably dislike. Most of the time, this experiment results in a disappointing read, but once in a while, we do actually end up liking the book. Uh, before we get started, just some content warnings. Um, in addition to our usual barnyard language, today's episode includes discussion or mention of murder uh honestly i don't know because we're gonna we're doing the play live so
4: for assault because the undertones of the work if not the overtones are don't go out at night ladies yeah
2: yeah yeah So a lot of that all right um (laughs) warning for generally sucks to
3: be a woman vibes
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah warning we got those vibes coming in hot freshly microwaved vibes (laughs) Um, right, Uh, we don't really have a summary other than like yeah it's Jekyll and Hyde but adapted by some hack actor from the (laughs) 1880s who just totally did whatever he wanted with the idea of those characters there you go which normally
3: I respect
2: I don't know man
3: we'll see how respectful
1: we feel after
3: okay that's a good point yeah yeah good idea I don't want to give him too much credit off the bat.
4: Do we get to list the dramatis personae? Because some of the description of these characters at the front of the play are just delightful. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah so we're gonna be doing some on the fly casting for scenes but i did make the recommendation pre-recording that um i would like ken to play dr jekyll and d to play mr hyde but- which
4: again I- feels I like typecasting but i'll go with
1: <laughs> oh yes it absolutely is
3: i it fully embrace typecasting unless you're telling me to be mrs potts because i'm fat
2: <laughs> <laughs> no Oh, no i think oh, i think God. i think dr do- dr northwell and and uh mr mr hyde
3: mr d hyde
2: dr strange d. and
3: mr normal. mr died yes. dr strange <laughs> and mr normal but you'll never uh. guess which is which
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right so um let's see do we wanna well i guess we can go through the characters, and then we'll deal with uh, casting once we get to the first scene. How about that? Yes. Sounds good. Alright, so we have Henry Jekyll, M.D. <laughs> sounds like,
3: he didn't know what sounds like a Netflix
2: was. special instead yeah. of like <laughs> Dr. Jekyll. Henry Jekyll, M.D. Okay, uh, Edward Hyde. We have Poole, Dr. Jekyll's butler. Bradshaw, Dr. Jekyll's groom. Maria, Dr. Jekyll's housemaid. Sarah, Dr. Jekyll's cook J.G. Utterson <laughs> da, 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 lawyer. <laughs> Uh, Lillian Ross Utterson's niece J.G. Utterson, a lawyer of
4: Chancery Lane He is
2: A lawyer, yeah, Which means me, a lawyer of Chancery Lane J.G. Utterson A lawyer of Chancery uh, Lane
4: Call J.G.
3: Utterson <laughs> It's my hide and I need it now <laughs> <laughs>
1: my body-changing potions, and I need them now. (laughs) (laughs) uh,
2: All right, we have the Reverend William Howell uh, Vicar.
4: Not a werewolf in disguise. Don't you dare listen to rumors.
2: (sighs) No. Um, Inspector Newcomen of
4: (laughs) Scotland Yard. (laughs) Now you think he's a veteran of many years or somewhat uh, fresh to the job, Inspector Newcomen?
2: (sighs) And then we have O'Brien and Fielding, uh, policemen. a policeman, a Doctor Lanyon of Harley, Harley Street, Lane. Harley Street, uh, Mrs. Viley, a hag.
3: <laughs> that is okay. my favorite. Uh, our homeboy here fancies himself another Dickens with Mrs. Viley, a hag. I love um, Mrs. Viley, a hag. Also, hag, hag is so subjective.
2: Like <laughs> that is quite the characterization. Uh, and lastly, we have the chorus. So we've got choristers, servants, policemen. You know, background characters. Alrighty, that's our that's our people. Uh, we are in. I'm gonna guess London, <laughs> 1880s. <laughs> Good guess. That's, that's my big guess. My big guess. All right, our first scene in Act One. Uh, looks like we got.
4: I think that we
1: should just cast when the person enters the scene, Paris, or else we'll be like combing through. Can I be
4: the narrator?
2: Yes, please read any relevant relevant stage directions. Ken will read. Um, I can be the. Uh, I don't know who has a lot of lines. The vicar. Oh, I can be the vicar. Up front.
4: Someone Uh, has to be servant someone has to be. As people
1: walk in.
2: Chris, the vicar is in the second scene. That's why the first scene is very short. It's two people. (laughs) Alright, so pool and servant. Who wants to be pool and servant? Chris, you want to be pool? I'll be servant.
1: Sure, I'm pool.
2: Okay, alright. Act one, scene one. Servant and pool. Attorneys at
4: large. (laughs) Servant
2: and pool. Scrubbers at large.
4: Um (laughs) Act 1. The Vicarage, R. Jekyll's House, L. Oh, the Vicarage stage (laughs) right, Jekyll's House stage left. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure those are stage directions, Yeah, (laughs)
2: Yeah. I got it. I'm on
4: this. (laughs) I was technically in the theater company. Church at the back with a low wall from Jay's house running to church. Practical door. (laughs) That means a door that you can actually open and isn't just painted in place. The garden must be full of flowers, etc.
2: Can you imagine Dr. Jekyll being Dr. J? Dr. Do-
3: like, J? <laughs> Dr. J, don't you want to take your your poison juice that
4: makes you a, a jerk? Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. At rise of curtain, children heard singing grace in the vicar's house at the end of song bell rings at a little door in the wall from J's house. So like all good horror it uh... starts with a haunting chorus of children. Enter pool, butler to Dr. Jekyll.
1: There's a ring at the back entrance. They might leave us in peace on Sundays. The doctor's life is not a bed of roses. Opens gate. Enter servant in livery. What do you want? I want to see Dr. Jekyll. Well, you can't see, Dr. Jekyll. This is Sunday. Don't you know any better than coming in the back way? He is taking his tea at the vicarage, and I am not going to disturb him, but I'll deliver your message as soon as he comes out. What is it?
2: Lady Dunsville sends her a kind regards to Dr. Jekyll and wishes to see him at once if possible.
1: Handing in card. All right, I'll deliver your message.
4: Exit servant through door in wall L.
1: By the way, I think I'll go into the Vicarage, too, and have a cozy Sabbath cup of tea with Mira.
4: Exit pool behind Vicarage R. Enter Vicar and Utterson from House R, both coming downstage, smoking. Oh, God, someone get a blanket. Stop, wrap and roll. Smoking. <sighs> <laughs> oh, no, they're on fire. I am the Vicar on
2: fire. Uh, I, Can I take Utterson? Does anyone
4: sure. mind? Go for it
3: okay come let us smoke our cigarettes in the open air and talk of the good (laughs) old days when you and I used to take long rambles through the streets of London ah those were the happy days
4: come let us smoke cigarettes a thing I often say to my friends before I smoke a cigarette (laughs) vicar crossing to left and sitting
2: Why should they not be as happy now? Are we not content in our quiet, peaceful homes without excitements and their natural temptations? We have all we want.
3: As for that, William, I'm not intolerant, you know. I let my neighbor go to the deuce as he pleases.
2: Hush, Utterson, what profanity. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) It's
3: true. It's true. I don't help mind a poor sinking devil occasionally. But on the whole, I mind my own business, and I, my druid work, have my long walks, and shall no doubt about a frizzled up, dried out, matter
4: of fact lawyer. Please note, D is reading as written.
2: Yeah, and if you, uh, fun fact, sorry, I'm not the vicar for a second. If you click on those footnotes, they just take you to a fo- footnote that says... This was what was in the original. Like,
4: <laughs> we d- there's no explanation. Non- it's just... Druid a- <laughs> is at least a word. And in context, it does make sense because they are talking of deuces and devils as well. But nothing else makes sense.
3: I love that there's a footnote saying, no, 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 we didn't fuck this up. Don't you look at us about this.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> All right. Back to Vickering. Life is at the best but a dream. And there are some which appear to us more real than life itself. What would you say if I, in my prosaic existence, were to relate to an incident that pen can hardly describe?
3: <laughs> I would call it a very singular case, but what is the incident?
2: First, let me ask you. Have you ever seen a man without a soul?
3: Every single time I look in the mirror. Uh, <clears throat> he actually says, certainly who has not?
2: everybody in the sense you mean but not in mine for the first time in my life i have seen a being who has neither a soul or anything human about him and the memory of that vision produces a revulsion in my nature from which i shall never be relieved until my dying day
3: you excite my curiosity let me hear your story you
4: awaken all my interest
2: (laughs) Vicar crosses. L places hand on Utterson's knee. <laughs> <laughs> on on knee. R and knee. R. Yeah. <clears throat> It was on a calm winter's morn when I came home from a visit to one of my sick parishioners. It must have been five o'clock in a very dismal morning, too. The streets were quite deserted, and the dullness of the night was most oppressive. I began to feel nervous when suddenly a shrill cry sounded through the air, which was evidently that of a child. I, wending my steps to the place whence it came, and turning to my right, I saw to my amazement in a narrow court a figure standing over a little boy and pounded away at him for a dear life.
4: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no! We need oh. at the front of this episode.
2: I took a hold of the ruffian and I looked into his face—such a face as I shall never forget as long as I live. It makes me sick to think of it—a miserable, shrunken figure, half dwarf, half man—but oh, wow. with an expression okay. of brutality so horrible that every sinew in my body seems to weaken at the very memory of it.
3: Go on. This is exciting. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I plucked up all my courage and wrenched the stick from his hand in spite of his superhuman strength. What do you want? Snarled he into my face with a voice I cannot... Wow, that's not where that quotation mark should be. Nope. Uh, Sorry, that really <laughs>
4: threw me off there. <clears throat> this is some varney esque punctuation here. Yeah.
2: What do you want? Snarled he into my face with a voice I cannot describe. Half comic, half human half animal those are thirds i want you said i i'll teach you how to pound away on this poor little starved half starved boy and i'll hand you over to the police having quite recovered my usual equilibrium and seeing a crowd gather around us who were ready to back me i became defiant that word police plait, seemed to have struck him gave me $5. yes <laughs> he gave me ten dollars things that definitely happened dot text uh, but in victorian times um That word police seemed to have struck him with terror. So did the threatening glances of the crowd. Police snarled. He, what's the good of that? Here are a few sovereigns for the brat's wounded feeling, which are more sensible than your police. Oh my God, he actually gave him $5. I am reading. (laughs) Again, I am reading this as written, and I am sorry, but it is. Paris, as
1: someone who has read half the play, get ready for no punctuation.
2: Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) <laughs> a
3: very logical remark <laughs> zero emotion in these lines I am reading it as written as well
2: <laughs> so it struck me looking at the poor little starving creature monetary compensation to him and his people would be far more practical than legal punishment to that wretch but I was not going to accept a few sovereigns so I demand 50 pounds <laughs> <laughs> give me more fucking money idiot <laughs> <laughs>
3: Bravo William You ought to have been a lawyer
2: He winced Bit his lips And as there was But Hobson's choice for him Hailed a cab Invited me And the boy And his father Who by that time Had arrived to enter And drove us to a busy street Near Seven Dials Where after alighting, He suddenly disappeared Before a dilapidated old house
3: I'm sorry I beat up On this child Here come to a second location With me Right What (laughs) (laughs) And that was the last You saw of him
2: so i thought but to my amazement after waiting for a few minutes in the cab an old woman approached us handed us a check with the words here are your 50 pounds and before i could question her she had withdrawn too
3: (laughs) the check was a forgery of course well a
2: fucking well well spotted lawyer That's what I feared, but I wasn't to be done in such a clumsy manner, so I got out of the cab, knocked at the door, through which I had seen the old hag disappear, and was about to make my demands heard, when, to my amazement, the horrible creature approached me with the words, I see you have some doubts as to the validity of the check. I will stay out here with one of you, while the other can go to the bank and have it cashed. The deuce. (laughs) I drove down to the bank with a full expectation of meeting with a forgery, when, to my surprise, the check was cashed, and not a question asked. And what was his name? I shall never forget it. It has impressed itself with a horror upon my memory. I've seen him standing before me now, a being without a heart, soul, or mind. An illustration of everything that is evil. In fact, an incarnate Satan.
3: But what was his name? Edward Hyde.
4: Edward Hyde! Uh, okay. Wait, sorry. So, in the fiction of this play in particular edwards Hyde's name is revealed because he writes a guy a check
2: yes correct after he beats like a Jack
4: child you're getting caught from prostitution charges like he he beats a child in
3: public and then writes a check that looks fake
4: also meta-textually, we know that dr jekyll and mr Hyde are the same person but with separate bank accounts yes yes <laughs> all right
1: sure
4: yes
2: correct correct <laughs> You know, you gotta keep
3: your shit secret from y- yourself.
4: <clears throat> oh, man. Uh... Is it at least, like, Edward Hyde, LLC? Like, is he incorporated? <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: yeah, I guess Edward Hyde would be a limited liability.
0: Yeah. Mm, yeah, I mean, you want limited sure. liability with it's...
2: Edward Hyde, let's be real. He's fucking beating orphans in the street. Yeah, with his record of child beating, he's got to to have limited liability. (laughs) Edward Hyde! Yes, do you know him?
3: Never saw him in my life.
2: You may congratulate yourself upon that, and I hope you never may.
3: I say amen with all my heart, but promise that you will never mention that name to me
2: again. With pleasure. Children heard laughing from Vicarage. Ah, oh, but I must prepare for our evening service. My lambs are calling.
4: <laughs> oh, Please never say it again, Vicar. Exit Vicar into house. Utterson, alone.
3: What is the meaning of this hide? Hyde! I thought that name was erased from my memory. I looked upon it as a myth, but now that I heard it again and described in such glaring colors brought before me once more in all of its objectionable attributes... Jekyll has made a will in favor of this hide. Why and
2: wherefore?
3: Which means why? <laughs> what connections has he with this brutal
4: man?
2: Wait, who mentioned bes- Jekyll? Who mentioned Jekyll?
3: No Utterson one. alone.
4: <laughs> Utterson knows Jekyll, possibly because Utterson is himself a lawyer and may have had a hand in the drafting of this will.
3: Why and wherefore? What connection has he with this brutal man? What intimacy oh we know the will says distinctly that all his fortune is to go to him if jekyll should suddenly disappear why disappear and why in that case should Hyde become his heir a brutal low-bred fellow without soul heart or mind as the vicar puts it not a bank account with at least 50 pounds in it this is beyond my powers to understand enter pool I say, Poole, is the doctor going out today?
1: I believe he is, sir. I am ordering his carriage now.
4: Tell him before he goes I would like to see him. Wrapped in thoughts.
1: Certainly, sir.
4: Enter Lanyon from Centre Gate addressing Poole.
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna elect Ken for
4: Dr. <laughs> Lanyon. Is the vicar in?
1: Yes, Dr. Lanyon.
4: Looks up at the word of Lanyon. Lanyon, the very man I want to see. Helloa Utterson. Glad to see you. What brings you here? I drop in occasionally on Sundays. It's an easy day for us, you know. Besides, Sybil is a favorite of mine. She is my little pet. Yes, that line required two distinct semicolons.
3: Mm. No wonder she looks pale having two doctors to take an interest in her.
4: Ah, so Dr. Jekyll is here. Of course, of course. That's one of my reasons for my visit here today, so it's kind of like a three-way arrangement, I
3: guess? (laughs) (laughs) Ha! Ha! I see. Jekyll is getting dangerous,
4: eh? Exactly.
3: I say, Lanyon, I have perceived lately that you and Henry are no longer on the same good terms. Anything
4: wrong? Nothing whatsoever. We just have to renegotiate our contract and look up what a butt plug is. My dear friend Dr. Jekyll and I are on the same footing as before. We merely differ in our scientific views. He has opinions of his own.
3: You are well acquainted with all his friends, aren't you?
4: Certainly, so are you. I've seen your name at the guest book at these same clubs.
3: <clears throat> Do you know one among them by the name of Hyde?
4: careless i can't say that i do jekyll outside oh god this is me too <laughs> can I, can I <laughs> to the, <laughs> the prophecy is fulfilled i am everyone oh, in this scene
3: <laughs> we got ourselves a little eddie murphy situation
4: over here
2: that's uh, okay
4: goodbye vicar i shall see you presently utterson utterson as he enters you want to speak to me hello lanyon how are you haven't seen you for an age i never expected to see you here you're growing a little gray my boy we're all subject to such changes, Henry, so you had better take a good warning in time. It's some time since we met. Your fault, not mine. Perhaps. Is the vicar at home? Yes, you'll find him inside with Sybil and the choir boys, as usual, on Sundays. At least Sybil is supervising. I'll go in for a moment. Shall I see you when I return? No, I'm called away professionally. Then I'll say goodbye to you now. Goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye, gentlemen. Exit, in Vickers' house. During this, Poole has helped his master on with hat, etc., and return into Jekyll's house. Jekyll at table lighting a cigarette. Well, Utterson, are you going to stay here? No, I have to take Lillian home. Then I may not see you again, then I will say goodbye to you too. One moment, Henry, a word with you. Oh yes, you want to see
3: me, anything particular? No, no. I merely want to ask you about that codial. Not cordial. Codial.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> it's
3: codial. Sure.
4: Codile. <laughs> my dear boy, don't bother yourself about that, Will. You would really oblige me to drop that matter and forever. Do they mean codicil? Is a codial a codicil? I'm confused.
3: Ah, uh, uh, I don't know. You know my opinion on that subject.
4: Of course I do, and that is the very reason why I request you to drop it. I'm
3: astonished that you associate with such a fellow. Who says so? Nobody, but since you made a will in his favor, I take it that he is very dear to you.
4: Have you ever seen him? Never, and never hope to. Why do you trouble yourself about him? Because I am your friend and advisor,
3: and it is my duty to warn you, Henry. You know I would go through fire and water for you.
4: Is there anything wrong? But would you go through earth and air? (laughs) (laughs)
3: everything changed when the fire and water nation attacked
4: (laughs) oh no no my friend you are mistaken you are really mistaken there is nothing wrong that man's life and mine have nothing akin to each other he is merely a cipher in my existence a cipher that I can wipe out at any moment I do so desire now be content and don't ask any more questions please well I
3: suppose I must if you put it in that
4: way But there is one thing I do ask, which you must... (laughs) But there is one thing I do ask, which you must sacredly promise. And that is? The execution of my will, whatever may happen. For you know that you are my exe... My exe... My executor. You're that. Executor. Executor.
3: (laughs) I will, on my condition, if you don't change your mind in the interval... Thanks, friend, thanks.
1: Goodbye, Sybil. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> well, Uncle,
4: I'm ready if you are. Lillian, outside, runs on from house right.
1: The carriage is at the door, Doctor.
4: Pool, pardon me a
3: four-wheeler. I'm gonna go off-road. <laughs> no need <gasps> of that. I'll take
4: you home. If it is not too much out of your way... Not at all, and it will be a pleasure to enjoy Miss Lillian's company a little longer.
1: Oh, Doctor, you make me blush. I shall be as proud as a peacock to ride in the carriage of the famous Dr. Jekyll. Making curtsy. Now,
4: now, take care I shall punish you for that, and if you are not good, I shall make you read this Uh, evening to us some of your uncle's dry divinity.
1: Don't say another word, Doctor. Jekyll's
4: got a lot of (laughs) contracts going on.
3: Listen to Lillian. Please don't say another word. I shall be as good
1: as honey. <laughs> oh, God. Don't say another word, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing, running off, left, third.
4: Oh, U.E.
2: God. Upstage exit? Yeah. Ah. I don't know. I don't know what third means, though. Third upstage exit? Like, there are three? I don't know. Okay,
4: Jekyll, you and I have to laugh now. Jekyll and Utterson laughingly go off through door and little wall. Pool comes downstairs. Ha 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 ha
1: ha. How everybody likes the doctor. No wonder he is <laughs> such a king. Good genial man. By the by, I think I will go in and finish that cup of tea with Maria. Exit servants
4: entrance at the vicar's. Boys heard laughing inside. Sibyl enters, runs left to flower bed. Huh, huh, bus huh. followed by Lanyon. <laughs> oh my God! A bus just hit all those boys. <laughs> <laughs> Sybil, how is it that you have all these choir boys here? Papa loves
2: boys. <laughs> oh no! Actually, I <laughs> give them a God. Sunday tea Hell. between the afternoon and evening service. This is oh so kind of you, God. Dr. Lanyon, to give us a visit. We see very little of you lately. Now, you will stay till after service and spend the evening with us, won't you? Jesus wept. Impossible.
4: <laughs> I have but a little spare time. You know we doctors are not our own masters.
2: I know that all too well, I am sorry to say. Look what little time poor dear Dr. Jekyll has to himself. Two-thirds of his life are devoted to his fellow
3: men. <laughs> are they now?
4: Are Two-thirds they now? of his life and half his body. It is on that subject that I wish to speak to you. You know he's gay, right? Will you forego for once the (laughs) evening service and devote a few minutes to me?
2: With pleasure, if Papa does not object.
4: Bus of children to all run on laughing, (laughs) followed by Vicar, who comes center.
2: Vroom! (laughs) I mean, it clearly means means something upstage, right? Like, I don't know. No, no, it's a bus. No, it's a bus of children, yes.
3: The theater's in the Kong.
1: middle of a bus stop. That's what it is. Every once in a while on the place, a bunch of people have to get off and like get get their connecting bus. It's fine.
4: Connecting horse bus. <laughs> or drawn <strung> bus. <Omnibus. laughs> Vicar, I have asked Sybil to miss the service this evening. She does not feel well enough, and the beautiful air will benefit her. You
2: are a medical advisor, and she is but to obey. Shall I see you after service?
4: I fear not.
2: Then I will say goodbye now. Don't be so long a stranger in the future, my boy. Goodbye,
4: children. Together, goodbye, Miss Sybil. Goodbye, boys. <laughs> Organ music. Bus hymn sung by the children. They file two by two into the church. <laughs> we love oh the bus, bus the
1: bus, and oh bussy <laughs> bus, oh bus. Uh, Our I bus love my is bus is so an awesome much. bus it
4: rides. <laughs> I. <laughs> To heaven above. (laughs) Bus of the vicar, etc, etc, vicar exits into church. Dr. L and Sybil come down. From the high. So you don't see Dr. (laughs) Dr. Jekyll often, Sybil?
2: No, he is always out, working for poor humanity.
4: Dr. Jekyll has a warm heart, but...
2: A warm heart indeed. I never knew a man so generous and unselfish. Why do you know, doctor? He actually spends hours of his most valuable time playing and caressing. Oh, my oh God. No. Little charity children in his office oh is always inundated no. with the poor and the needful. Sorry, I really had to take a second there. That was so...
4: Christ's <laughs> oh wounds. No. I don't like the wording. Oh, Indeed. I fear my advice comes too late. You seem to take a warm interest in Dr. Jekyll. I do,
2: and if it is on that subject you wish to speak to me, and I strongly suspect it is, for I am no longer a child, you need go no further, for I have fully made up my mind and I know what I do.
4: It is on that subject, but I fear I am too late.
2: You are. We understand each other.
4: Perfectly. No, but just as well. But you are so young. Think of the discrepancy in your ages, you twenty and he.
2: Oh, I answer with Desdemona. I saw his visage in his mind. What? <laughs> what am I saying? What are my lines? <laughs> like, yeah, what, is, what, is,
4: what the fuck? Well, if it has gone so far, I say no more. I am too old to convince a woman in love against her will and too sensible to hold my tongue. God bless you, my child, and although I do not like Dr. Jekyll for reasons I do not comprehend, he certainly has a noble nature and may make an excellent husband. I sincerely hope he will. Bus and exit. I don't like him. I don't know why,
3: but I sure as fuck don't.
2: (laughs) He does not like Dr. Jekyll, and yet he admits that he has a noble nature. How can he explain such a contradiction? Oh, it is only a whim of the dear old doctors, which we must try to dispel. That will not be very difficult, for Henry's influence over his fellow men is overpowering. He is so gentle and kind. How I love him! Often I cannot understand my own self. Since my childhood I have been willful, daring, and high-spirited. But since I have met Henry, my whole nature has gone a- undergone a change. Singing in church. Enter Jekyll. How sweet are those sacred tunes! Children's voices there dwells peace and love. Henry! My
4: sweet girl, alone not in
2: church. (laughs) It sounds like a Frankenstein just learned to talk. Alone not in church. Dr. Lanyon asked me to stay and spend the evening with him.
4: Oh, that pedant. Were you not bored? He is so dull.
2: How is it that two such brilliant men can have such bitter feelings towards each other?
4: Nasty breakup. Things that you would not understand and that we had better leave untouched keep us apart.
2: Not understand, Henry. You say that. You, who introduced me into the mysteries of our glorious arts, taught me your science, how to extract poison out of flowers, to read men's thoughts, how to love and be loved.
4: Better had I not done so, Sybil. There are two natures in every man, one of good and one of evil, which divide and compound man's dual character. And he it is who can always keep the evil counterbalanced by the good who is the happiest and most deserving of men. Are you listening, audience? (laughs) That is your nature, Henry,
2: and for that I love you.
4: You judge with loving eyes and therefore prejudice. Were I such a nature and could infuse it into others' life would indeed be deprived of much that is unbearable. What good might not be done by one who could keep mankind from its inherit wickedness, needeth to a upright, steadfast life, and countercheck man's engrafted evil. But
2: love, Henry, levels all these things, the good as well as the bad.
4: Not the bad Sybil. There must be some spark of good, some affection to lean (laughs) upon, or the most undying love finds no response. Look at an instance upon the story of Faust and Marguerite. Faust bargains his soul to the devil and is forgiven because of his undying love for Marguerite. Marguerite ascends to heaven she had but sinned in loving Faust, the devil alone stands cheated of his bargain because of his satanic nature there is not one spot of. Love. Love reigns supreme throughout <laughs> the universe, in heaven or on earth. In the airy regions or the mazy substantials. Every animal cries, every bird sings, every animal that has the germ of life in it reads. But in that one rapturous delight, that one little word, love. Sybil, running and across such the stage. shall be our... Fuck, and such (laughs) shall be ours! What are you doing? Imitating Marguerite. Great god, what's this? A change is approaching. I must rush into my room and get my powders or I am lost. You are not going yet. Only into my room. Too late, too late. Change to hide, stage darkens. How dark it
2: suddenly is growing. I must run into the house. Turns and sees hide. Who are you? No matter. What do you want here? You. Get out of the way, fellow. Let me pass or I shall call for help. No, you won't. (laughs) Dr. Jekyll!
3: Don't call him. I hate him. I'll kill him if he comes.
2: Why? What has he done to you? No matter. I hate him. Stand back, fellow, and let me go. No,
3: I won't. I want you. Your beauty excites me. I love you. I like you.
4: Father! Father! (laughs) Enter the vicar from church in robes, comes down center of stage, rescues Sybil and recognizing Hyde. Ah, the fiend! Hyde attacks him, stuns him with stick, and after throttling him leaves him apparently dead on the ground and exits into house left. Enter pool Sarah and servant.
1: I thought I heard Miss Sybil. Great heavens, is she dead?
3: Yeah, she has painted. God damn, is she dead or what?
1: She, she recovers. But you lies,
4: lies someone, someone dead. dead.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Ah.
1: Sybil, recovering.
3: A servant ate drink too much of the split post personality juice. De-
4: <laughs> dead? Oh, horror, father murdered all the, the victor vicar. enter jekyll from house left why what's the matter father murdered oh by whom Hide. 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 <laughs> curtain <laughs>
2: jesus christ <laughs>
4: Worst play in the <laughs> I like that the vicar came back to life so Just long bad. enough to say that he was murdered
2: by Yeah Heid. the vicar was like I'm dead just kidding Hi,
1: <laughs> Not only is this a trash ass play But all of us are fucking trash ass actors So and well, good we've
2: never, we've never read the script Chris I, I think that's fine
1: No that, that I'm saying it's fun This is good <laughs>
2: All right, we've made it to Act Two. This is this is a good time to pause. You know, get your popcorn, get your alcohol. I still have my dragon's milk.
4: Um. Act Two, <clears throat> Room at Utterson's. Discovered talking detective and Utterson. The former standing center of stage, the latter seated right of table, left.
2: My God, a talking detective. <laughs> Since the vicar's dead, can I just be the detective in this scene?
3: I'm fine with it. Sure.
2: Okay. This unnatural murder has shocked London, and you might aid us very considerably. No more saw this hide except Miss Sybil. She and this broken stick is the only evidence we have against him. I have my thumb up my ass, clearly.
4: (laughs) Great heavens, the same I gave to Jekyll. The thumb, I mean. Any evidence there? (laughs) Some I gave to Jekyll. No, no, no. What is this Mr. Hyde like? From
2: all accounts, like nothing that has been seen before. At least so his landlady says. He lives in very comfortable lodgings by himself near Soho in a very disreputable quarter of London. Upon a thorough route of his room, we found that he had evidently destroyed all evidence against him.
4: And what did you find?
2: The remnant of a burnt passbook showing the deposits of two thousand pounds.
4: <laughs> and is this all you have so far discovered?
2: Yes, at present. But I think we shall soon find out a great deal more. The old hag, his landlady, has <gasps> a good her- deal to say. We are pumping her and she will no <laughs> doubt tell all.
4: Pumping. Pumping her book good. Don't be too sure of it. No one has seen this hide. I'll disagree as to his appearance except as to one fact he seems to be a dwarf
2: and that's the clue i'll catch him on no matter how, <laughs> how many disguises he may assume unless he is the devil he'll himself he'll never be
1: tall no matter how many platform shoes he wears
2: i'll have him on the hip on the hunch i might say but when can i have an interview with a young lady
4: today if you desire it mr newcomen as the oldest friend of her father and his late legal adviser, I took her into my house on that dreadful day, but she wishes to see you so you had better remain here, Mr. Newcomen. Enter, servant.
1: Dr. Jekyll desires to see you, sir.
4: Certainly. Show the doctor up. Do something better than he could possibly do it in public and humiliate him. Exit, servant. Mr. Newcomen, would you kindly step downstairs for a moment? I'll send for you shortly. Ah, so, certainly, Mr. Utterson, certainly.
3: Exit. Uh, c- c- Ken, do you want to swap out of Utterson? Because it's going to be
4: two pages of you talking to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> if someone would be Utterson, I would greatly appreciate it.
1: <laughs> I'll be an Utterson. Okay, here I go. What a labyrinth of mysteries. Enter Jekyll. I'm glad to see you well again, Henry.
4: Oh, yes, I'm better in body
1: what in mind
4: there i am ill quite ill i'm not sick but i'm ill
1: henry the vicar was our mutual friend a villain has murdered him an incarnate fiend where is he
4: great heavens how do i know
1: he stands under your protection
4: no no i swear to you no i know nothing of him wants to know nothing of him have not seen him and never hope to meet him again the very thought of him fills me with terror
1: how can i be sure of what you say Handing him a letter, read this. A letter from whom? Hyde. How do you come to have it?
4: It was left in my study by whom I cannot tell. (laughs) Well, I can't
1: even guess. And what do you want me to do with it? Read it, like you just said? (laughs) I want you to read it to prove my innocence. (laughs) Okay, I guess I'll do that. Utterson reads, To Dr. Henry Jekyll... When you read this, I shall be far beyond the reach of human power. But I cannot depart without expressing my gratitude to one who has been kind and generous to me, perhaps. The only one who has ever has or ever will be. Edward Hyde.
4: Are you satisfied?
1: I am. Why not hand this over to Scotland Yard? In that case, how would that touch me? Oh, I'll touch you all right. It might incriminate you. It is better in my safe. Ah, Henry, in what a fearful position you have placed yourself.
4: I know it. I am like the wreck that drives rudderless before the wind. Let it sink what matters it.
1: But this devil would have killed you too.
4: Perhaps, but that would not have been the worst. I have had an escape. Oh, heaven, what an escape. Enough, Utterson, enough.
1: Enough. The fellow now writes that he is beyond human reach. This is I take for a blind. I shall continue to look for him, and if I find him, deliver him up to justice. Deliver him up. Hand him over to the hangman's grasp. I kinda had a lot of trouble figuring out what to say there, I guess. I don't know.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's not your fault. The text is a fucking mess.
4: Do so, Utterson. Do so, but search no further into my life. Definitely don't go through my Google history, or my emails. I have brought on myself a punishment over which God, not man, must judge. Suffer me to lead my own dark way. Keep my silence, Utterson. If you love me, keep my silence. A thing an innocent man would say. Mm -hmm. Exit Jekyll. Utterson sitting down.
1: This is incomprehensible. This whole play is just bonkers. (laughs) (laughs) Enter guest. All right, who's guest?
3: Okay, I'll I'll be guest, I guess. Who's guest? Yeah, okay. Sure.
2: You can you can guess. Who is guest?
3: I mean, I mean, like like what uh, character is guest? Utterson's,
2: he's like Utterson's uh, clerk. Okay, I think law clerk.
3: All right, these papers require your immediate attention, sir. Utterson
4: taking out letter.
1: Is it possible that he could have seen this man after all?
4: Guest still holding papers. Shall I return with them,
1: sir? Never mind these papers now, Guest, they can wait. Sit down, I want to speak to you. Of course you have heard of the death of the vicar. I am sorry to
3: say I have, sir, killed by a lunatic poor old man. Has the perpetrator been found yet?
1: No, but we are on his track, and I hold here in my hand a most notably evidence against him, (laughs) his signature.
4: (laughs) Guest, taking it hastily.
3: That is indeed (laughs) insignificant. (laughs)
4: Enter pool.
1: Hello, pool. What brings you here? I beg your pardon, Mr. Utterson, but I am the bearer of a letter which should have been delivered yesterday.
4: Wait, are we going to have Chris talking to himself for a couple of pages?
1: But in the confusion of my master's illness was forgotten. I'm doing this.
4: (laughs) Utterson reading it and laying it open on the table.
1: All right, Poole, it's only an invitation to dinner. I say, Poole, was there anyone in your house with a letter for your master yesterday? Not that I know of, Mr. Utterson. (laughs) That will do, Poole. Exit Poole. Guest who has been looking at
3: letters. You say, sir, that this letter was written by Edward Hyde and this one from Dr. Jekyll?
1: Certainly. What of it?
3: Oh, nothing. It's only very extraordinary
4: that both the signatures are alike. Utterson amazed.
1: What do you say?
4: Guest handing him letters. Judge for yourself!
1: (laughs) Guest, remember that good old proverb.
3: He who sucks also fucks. (laughs) (laughs) He who does not lick the clit does not deserve to hit.
1: Uh, no, that's not, mean, that,
3: not that Not one, the other one. Oh. No, guess the other one. <laughs> yes, sir. A silent tongue makes a wise head. Okay, that's the real one. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like... Yes, sir. A silent tongue makes a wise head. A very good old proverb. Very good indeed.
4: Exit guest.
1: I know we have a lot of problems about head, but did you get them straight, <laughs> yes. please. You know which what I meant.
4: Uh, apologies.
1: Great God! Henry Jekyll incriminates himself for a fiend like this, and I, his friend, I will see clearer into this than there is a mystery between these two men, and I am determined to unravel it. (laughs) Unravel! It's so
3: fucking bad.
1: (laughs) My dear child, why have you left your room? You should take better care of her, Lillian. I could not help it, Uncle. She would come to your study.
2: (laughs) <laughs> Don't blame her. I could not remain there. The suspense is killing me. What news have you?
1: As yet, not a single clue. He has disappeared out of the sight of the police as if he had never existed.
2: But he has no one known him? No one seen him? No one. And not a sign of his present whereabouts? Not one. Has Dr. Jekyll been able to find out anything?
1: I have not seen him yet. Oh, he has been here and asked me after few several <laughs> times, hasn't he, Uncle Yes, he was here, but a moment ago and gave me some information, which may lead to his discovery. <laughs> oh, what clever people these lawyers are. They can tell a fib better than even a woman. <laughs> but why did he not stop? Oh, he was great. in a great hurry and will no doubt return during the day.
2: I should be so happy to see him after his illness. But now tell me the clue where and who is this horrible thief? Oh, yes. Tell us all. I'm dying to know it. <laughs>
1: I must first confer with the detective and see what he has to say.
2: Do so, Mr. Utterson. He was your best, your truest friend. Avenge my kind
4: and good old father. Exits Sybil and Lillian. Utterson
1: alone as he exits left. It is easier said than done, my child. This is one of the worst Machiavellian cases known in criminal history. (laughs) Me, who
3: definitely knows what Machiavellian means.
2: (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Enter Jekyll.
3: Oh,
4: boy, is a monologue.
2: Oh, Jekyll.
4: My papers in Soho are all destroyed, and I am safe in spite of Utterson's suspicions, but I am haunted by my thoughts. They draw me near her where she dwells, innocent sufferer of my crime. But it was not my deed, it was Hyde's. Hyde's who gloats upon his crime devises others for the future. Am I responsible for him? I stand aghast before his axe and shudder at his guilt. What then should I fear? There is no danger. The dead will not return. They sleep in peace. I may lay my busy brain against the bosom of my love. And rest assured at night the tender clasp around my neck is not the hangman's grip. Back then to thyself, though selfish, peevish heart, be stilleth. And watchful, let not the secret stir from out its gloomy depths, I'm safe. But why cannot I sleep at night? Why lay awake and start, and now that I am guilty, it's definitely not the cocaine wine. Oh God, (laughs) hold me not answerable for his (laughs) deeds here, my prayers. You who can look into the hearts of all, look into mine. It is! As pure now as when a child I walked beside my mother in thy house of worship, you have seen me went face to face with death for others. I have challenged danger. You have seen me drain my own heart's blood for my fellow man. Am I then answerable for the horrors of that damned night? What's this? The prayers are unheard. My lying words still re-echo in my ears. My eyes are wild. My blood is cold. And my burning brain wanders. Oh God, draw a clock. What ghastly mockery is this? See the crowd of hideous images, they gather, they scream aloud, they clamor for my blood. See, they point towards the snowy locks of that pale-faced old man whom I have foully murdered. Although he seemed pretty much okay at the end of the scene, but whatever. He lifts his own everything, the throne of heaven and pleads for justice against my damned crime. His prayers are heard, I am condemned, dragged to the gallows. Shame and despair must follow Oh, horrible, horrible courage, Henry, courage, it is not too late. Hyde shall no more return, it shall henceforth be impossible to me. I have resolved, I have done problems. <laughs> <laughs> I have done problems
2: is the line I am done <laughs> I am done, I have had problems. <laughs> I have done problems. I have, I have done problems back dark hellish past.
3: I am done. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to email Casey right now. I'm going to book my tattoo appointment so that I can get a tramp stamp that says, I, I have, have done, done problems, problems back
2: dark hellish past. Chris, Chris is going to die, actually. I have done oh, new problems. Shirt, new TBC merch. I have
1: done problems. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh shit! What a way to end a monologue. <laughs> I, I have
0: problems. Done
4: problems. <laughs> Back, dark, hellish past, come future with Sybil by my side. A better life is still in store for me. Enter Sybil. Left.
3: Sybil's <laughs> joking.
2: I was told you were here, and I came to thank you, Henry.
4: For what love?
2: For the service you have rendered me in handing over to the police that guilty
4: wretch. What in the name of heaven are you talking of? I do not understand you.
2: You do not want to understand. You wish to leave the honor of having found this fiend to others. It is your usual kindness that hinders you from speaking.
4: Sybil, cannot you let this matter rest? Others will fight for you and do you justice. Come, let us talk of love in our future marriage.
2: So we will, after this affair is settled, bring the murderer of my innocent father to justice, and you shall have my hand. But why do you look on me with that searching eye frowning brow. Close enough.
4: Oh, no, no, no. I have no frown for you, but peace and love. But Sybil to revenge is unchristian-like out of the province of a woman.
2: (laughs) Oh, boy. In this case, it is the most filial obligation of a child to her most
4: outraged parent. Jekyll has not heard of Judith and Olavrenes. Oh, no. To forgive is godly. Except the multiple times where, like, people just straight up killed each other in the Bible itself. Like, for example, Judith and Holofernes. (laughs) Like, where she, like, straight up executed him and, like, chopped his head off and God was like, Righteous, dope, do that. But, like, other than that- I
3: hated that idiot. I'm glad you did that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like we forget about like the child crusades anyway <laughs> um you say that henry because you are beyond the average human race a gentle noble self-sacrificing nature but i am human with all the spirit of an injured woman and i will not be content until i have seen the law and it's minutest point executed an eye for an eye a tooth or a tooth
4: mercy for god mercy henry arise this goes too far you're right i've gone too far Pardon me, I'm not well. He is not worthy of such compassion.
2: You are not well. I will go in and get you some refreshments. Meantime, compose yourself. I'll soon return. Exit, Sybil. Oh, Jesus, another monologue. (sighs) I have done problems. (laughs) Dark hellish past.
4: Dark hellish past! (laughs) Oh God, upon what an abyss do I stand? Another step, and I am lost. She haunts the murderer, and he stands before her. She seeks revenge. And with the same breath, thanks the slayer of her father, and to each generation is born a slayer. The curse is on my double life, from which I never found release, for Hyde is on my heels wherever. I meet him. The spirit of hell was in me when I did that crime, but am I not safe? I'm not Hyde, I'm Jekyll. <laughs> <laughs> "'For how long? What's to become of me when I have lost the means to remain as Jekyll "'and once more turn into the fiendish hide, a hunted, houseless murderer? "'Whose certain fate must be ignomious death, other ways, or the hangman's hands? "'Oh, horrible, I cannot die thus! "'I cannot end so meanly, so miserably my life, but what's to be done? "'Who is to guide me out of this fearful danger?' I must have a friend who will, when I'm high, bring me the drugs to restore me back to Jekyll. But who? Who? Lanyon. I'll go at once to notify him of my purpose, ere it be too late, for I fear this terrible secret will turn me into my other self before I'm aware, and I must hasten home where I have always my compound at my command. Farewell, Sybil. A long and sad farewell, perhaps forever, since the Slayer, one into which each generation is born, of your father must be punished, your Henry's for every loss to you. Exit center. Sibyl enters.
2: Here, Henry, is a most refreshing drink. Oh, gone. Poor Henry. I feel he was too ill to stay. What could so have upset him?
1: Lillian rushing in. Sibyl, dear, sad again. What has a certain party promised me?
2: I know, child, but our hearts will not always keep pace with our tongues.
1: Mine will. If I make up my mind to be happy, I'm happy and nothing shall interfere with my intentions.
2: Not even your heart?
1: Not even that.
2: You have never loved. No, and I hope I
1: never will. It makes me as unhappy
2: as it does you. Lillian, you are wrong. My love makes me not unhappy. It is, in fact, the only anchor to which I cling. It is the uncertainty which distresses me.
1: That is all the same. In love, one can never tell what one is certain. Now that's Dr. Jekyll, who you all like so much, I can abide him. Why? I cannot tell. I don't feel comfortable in his presence.
2: Silence! Lillian, you are insulting a noble man.
1: Oh, give me, Sibyl! I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. You know that I am a silly blab.
2: That's, uh, that's all right, darling. I know you are about a chatterbox and often speak of things you do not understand.
1: Oh, I've got a surprise for you. The choir boys are downstairs and asked me to plead for them to have a peep at you. Uh... <laughs>
2: Uh, Oh wow okay i guess i'm cool with this why certainly let them come in they'll cheer me up i shall be delighted to see them the dear boys the last time i saw them was under very different circumstances
4: okay i'll unzip my blouse a little lillian outside come in boys coming in with children who rushed to sybil shaking hands good evening miss sybil i am picturing them all just doing spirit fingers
2: Good evening, boys. So you thought you would come to cheer me up? Well, that's kind of you. Sit down, make yourselves at home, and Willie too. How are your parents? Is Mama better?
3: <laughs> I want to. Can I it's be little? Be Willy? little Willie. <laughs> I want to be a little Willie. Do be all the children. All right. D. Oh, I all right. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Miss Siebel, Mama is better, but my little sister's got the measles.
2: <laughs> oh, the measles, dear me. Well, that is not very dangerous. She'll get over that, all right.
3: All right, little Charlie, it's you. I had them once, but I'm all right now. Frank? So had I! Harry? So had I, but I had them worse than you. Frank? (laughs) No, you didn't! I was in bed for a
2: week! Boys all laugh. (laughs) Well, never mind, boys. We won't discuss the subject any longer. As you come to cheer me up, I propose to have some music.
4: Omnis, boys. The ominous
2: boys. That's <laughs> all boys together. Oh. All boys
3: in unison. <laughs> hey, have... uh, uh,
2: uh, hey, chris and folks, can you add like
3: a reverb so I sound like yes. six different boys? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> oh, uh, oh yes, we'll have some, have some music, music
2: and you'll sing to us. us. Oh boys, I can't. I ha- I haven't the heart. Oh yes, Miss Sybil, do sing us something. Just really now, please do, Miss Sybil. <laughs> Very well, very very well, I will, but what shall I sing?
1: Sing that song that we like so much.
2: Oh yes, the one the father was so often of hearing you sing.
4: I will, on one condition, that you keep time. Boys laughing will try, bus of boys placing themselves, Sybil goes to piano, Um. sings, boys join in the chorus, etc., at end, boys all together clapping. I said,
1: certified freak. Seven days. we <laughs> on
4: the bus go
2: round and round, round and round, round, and round From R.I.E. <laughs> oh, he came all the way in from R.E.I.? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I shit. Here.
1: Aloha, here's a regular tea party. Have you come to study law? <laughs>
2: <laughs> come to cheer me up. <laughs> what? what? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just reading the lines as written. I don't know what's going on.
1: That's very kind of them, and I hope they have succeeded, but I have some important business with Miss Sybil in private for a few minutes. Lillian, take the children to the billiard room and take care they don't cut the cloth. Come along, boys, and I'll show you how to make the balls roll. <laughs> how dense are these children?
4: <laughs> the Omni boys have returned. Oh that's, oh, that's jolly. jolly.
0: Goodbye, Miss Sybil. Goodbye, Mr. Anderson. Goodbye, Miss
4: Sybil. I'll laugh and run off. Little Willie coming back. Miss Sybil, please, may I come tomorrow?
2: <laughs> yes, sir, certainly, dear. And let me know how your little sister is getting on. No, no, run along with the others.
4: W exits. D, is
2: that your attempt at a Scottish accent?
3: Yes. <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking of Mick Whiff, or Willie. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Utterson, who was beckoned on, detective.
1: I have brought here to introduce you to Mister Newcomen, chief detective in this case. At your service, madam. I forgot the voice I used for this character. It's not that. Uh. Go with
2: at it. at, at uh, uh. How did I?
1: Just it's fine. At Let's your go.
2: service. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I'm here. Tell me what's up. And so you think you were on the trail of this thing? No doubt. I gave my views to Mr. Utterson and he entirely agrees with me. May I hear them?
1: He proposes to watch the vicarage tonight where we hope to catch him.
2: Why there? He has been lurking there lately. You see, miss, when a man commits a crime, he often returns to the scene of his folly. It's the old, old story of the moth and the candle, you know? He intends to murder Dr. Jekyll. He told me that he hated him.
1: Don't be alarmed, my dear. We'll watch and guard his house tonight.
2: I'll have already placed the detective inside and outside the premises. And you expect him there tonight? Yes, ma'am. Are you going to the vicarage as well? Yes. And take me with you.
1: Impossible. Why so? To think of the danger child you waylaying a criminal.
2: The Vicarage <laughs> is my home. The spirit of my father hovers there. I shall be strong there, whilst here in your absence the anxiety about Henry's safety would worry me to death. Oh, Let me go. Why not? Mr. Otterson, you had better let the young lady have her way if it pleases her. She can come to no harm, except catching a slight cold. And I'm
4: not just saying that because I'm her wearing a mustache. <laughs> and she may be of
2: some service to us as she is the only one who has seen this hide. We mustn't make a mistake, you know.
1: Well, you may go with us on one condition. You must promise not to leave my side.
2: I promise I'll be with you immediately.
1: Exit left. Come, let's go. Now we shall see clearly into this dreadful mystery.
4: Change to Act 2, Scene 2. Act 2, Scene 2. Scene changes into Vicarage same as Act 1. Enter Officer O'Brien with a lantern from R.U.E. Who has the least offensive Irish accent?
2: uh who can do an I'll irish do accent chris oh god okay
1: all right break out the shillelies well here i am my instructions are to get into dr jekyll's house and to watch from the inside and call the devil hide without giving any intentions <laughs> of me scheme. i'm to watch the inside of the house while the others watch the outside sure and i don't mind if sarah would only be here in time with one of her fine pies and that she knows so well how to make She knows the time of my beat. What's that? I see the door open and there she is. That's her. HIST, HIST.
4: (laughs) Sarah from Jekyll's house at the door. HIST, HIST. Is that you,
2: Patrick O'Brien?
1: Sure isn't me if it must be after being my ghost.
2: Oh, don't speak of ghosts in this dreadful place. They're haunting me all night.
1: Never mind me, darling. I'm here to protect you, handsome O'Brien, with my club in one hand and your clasp to the true heart of Patrick O'Brien in the other.
2: Why is everyone suddenly a Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman extra? Oh, you're a dangerous man, Pat. You talk just like those storybooks, but I like you. Now, Pat, let us sit on the step and have a quiet, cozy talk.
1: Sure, darling. Wouldn't it better be safer in the kitchen, especially if you have any of those nice pies? i cannot keep this accent straight <laughs> i
3: was gonna say you are getting very sweet as chef of
2: course i have fine pies but i couldn't think of going inside if the doctor or the pool <laughs> would hear of it i would lose my place
1: sure the doctor will never be after hearing of it besides there is always room enough in the pantry for a policeman to hide
2: well, I'll risk it, Pat, but mind if you're asked any questions, Say you come for
4: a glass of water. Exit Sarah I have, have
2: house. I have gotten increasingly more Southern, I don't, I don't
4: know. It's, it's gotten a little Oklahoma, yeah. Yeah, you
3: got Oklahoma and O'Brien went full Swedish <laughs> Chef. Surely one of your buddies a no. Are you? <laughs> Overall, I think an excellent
1: performance. That's right, my darling. I'm sure I've always been fond of a glass of water follows her
2: why was that scene even there Why did you that know add? o'brien
4: is sweet on sarah it's because the audience will assume that the irish man is a drunk because it's the 1880s okay. enter second policeman l-u-e with bullseye on o'brien
2: second policeman the incel <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pol- police cell There goes O'Brien with his cook. He'll be well taken care of the lucky devil. Wait, you're both cops? Pat's always there, Been There's anything good to eat in the pantry. (laughs) Pat'll do justice to it. Whistle of detective outside. (laughs) That's the inspector. He's got a terrible case of asthma. Here comes the party.
4: As Detective Utterson and Sybil come on, bus. (laughs) Come on, idiot. <laughs> what are you doing?
2: What do you turn the bullseye on? Turn your light the other way. Where's the. frame? Detective's drunk as fuck today. <laughs> I mean, the, the sentence made no sense. I figured <laughs> I'd play it up.
1: Inside with a cook.
2: Ah, oh, then all is well. Mr. Utterson, would it not be better for me to put the bracelets on him at once?
1: No, I have my reasons for not doing so. I wish to satisfy myself if there is anything between these
2: two. <laughs> I'm at your orders. I'm sir. going to jerk off right now.
1: Is all ready?
4: Yes. Then all <laughs> is, is all- right. Is all ready? Hide <laughs> heard outside. Utterson listening and turning round suddenly. Stop! It's me! Hide!
1: What's that thing hopping along there?
4: Ah, that's the horrible creature!
1: (laughs)
3: General bus. I'm getting off the general
1: bus! Oh no! Mr. Newcomen, retire and be in readiness with your men. Go into the house, child.
4: Bus all retire, enter, hide, hide, chuckling.
3: (laughs) I love to torture women and children, they are so helpless. (laughs) This is the place where I killed the old chap. Serve him right. Admit my crimes. He'll never never get another 50 pounds out of me because I was gently thrashing little brats for spoiling my fun. How do I hate that goody-goody follow Jekyll? I'll kill him one of these days, sure. He's another one of these church fellows. He prays and sings songs. I know what I'll do. I'll go in and spoil all his holy books. I'm going to piss on him. (laughs) (laughs) Bust. Oh,
4: this direction <laughs> 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 it's incredible like i need everyone to know that's just reading t- as written except for this bit. like this one is the else. only thing i added uh,
3: everything else is as written <laughs> Oh my! Why Hyde gets the of a very bad dialogue. Hyde so far is getting the worst. <laughs> Although I love him entering with, I love to torture women and children. D
1: that is the they slide so specifically hopeless. here. When I read this, I was like, I have to get D to read this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you, uh, thank I you so love much. To torture women and children; they are so helpless. Like, it's, just, it's, just
3: like, what?
2: Bus. <laughs> it's like how I read it in my.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, we gotta come back. We gotta come back.
3: <laughs> I love that we all read it like a 1930s musical uh, scene. <laughs> yes.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm Utterson again. Is your name Hyde? What's that to you? My name is Utterson, Dr. Jekyll's friend. I see you are taking a stroll and I thought we might walk into the house together.
3: Might we? Well, you are very much mistaken. I don't care for company and
1: Dr. Jekyll is not at home. Sorry to hear that. Would like to have had a chat with the doctor. But why do you hide your face from me? You lie! I do not hide my face from you. Come, come! You must be more civil.
4: Go to hell! <laughs> hide exits, General Bus. All come forward. That's exactly where I'm going to send you, my friend, boy! <laughs> Exit into house, followed by <laughs> officer Sybil, who has been exploring. Utterson excitedly cries, "Oh God!" Officer Sybil's been exploring Utterson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is a poorly written stage
2: direction. Oh, quick, quick, Mr. Utterson, before he does any injury to Dr. Jekyll.
1: Don't be alarmed, my child. Have no fear. He'll do no more injury to anyone. We have him safe.
2: Oh, but I I fear for Dr. Jekyll.
1: Turns sees Jekyll come
4: unconcernedly down.
2: Oh, here he is. Thank God he is saved.
4: General Bus, a quick curtain. Tableau. Curtain. Why? What? Okay. Many act curtains. 3, suddenly. Many suddenly. Curtains. Act 3, scene 1, Utterson's study, same as Act 1, Detective Utterson, pool, two officers discovered. Detective discovered.
2: <laughs> Our oh, foil was more of a sorcerer. What do you expecting? You're dealing with a pack of fools, this is idiot. At O'Brien. Insists <laughs> that Hyde did not get out of the
1: front door. Nor did he.
2: But where did he get out
1: of that? Out of his skin, that for all I know. But he didn't get out of the house. Get <laughs> out of the house, you <laughs> idiot. Perhaps he's still in Is there. Is a chance the what detective could
4: suddenly do? sober up? <laughs>
2: What could you do with such a man? Had you followed my advice, Mr. Otterson, allow us to put the bracelets on him, he would have been endurance vile
4: now. Ottersons throws a glass of ice water on the
1: detective, sobering <laughs> him up instantly, and hands him a coffee. Here you go, here's a coffee. I had grave grievances, which I cannot disclose. And grieve grievances. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you see the result now, Mr. Poole.
1: Sir, sir.
2: When we rang the bell, where were you?
1: On the ground floor, looking out for the servants.
2: Oh, yes. And where were you? To O'Brien.
1: In the kitchen, watching.
2: In the (laughs) kitchen, watching. watching. More likely in the kitchen, hiding. Well, did you see Hyde coming in?
3: Oh, hiding? He's Mr. Hyde.
2: Ah. (laughs) Oh.
1: Short, I did, and I followed him, and who should I see coming towards me? Well, who? Dr. Jekyll. Dr. Jekyll, impossible. My favorite movie series. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Dr. Jekyll. pool. Didn't you say Dr. Jekyll wasn't at home?
1: Now, was he? He came into the house by the back door, and after the bell was rung, the officer here is mistaken. By the powers, I'm not.
2: Oh, you're not
1: aren't you no sir no sir no sir well how the deuce could he come towards you when he wasn't in the house i don't care whether he was in the house or out of it i saw him coming out of his room
2: sure you monkey mr utterson that man has been on the force for 20 years and were i not absolutely sure that he never touches a drop of liquor i should say he was either drunk or crazy like me both of those things
1: Look here, Mr. Inspector, I'm a poor man, but by the powers I won't stand that. I was neither drunk or crazy, and if you discharge me on the spot, I repeat, I saw Dr. Jekyll going out the front door when I saw Hyde sneaking in at the back.
2: Poor devil, he is as crazy as the loon.
1: Poole, after we rang the bell, did you see anyone coming in by the back way? I did, sir. Well, who did you think it was? Either Hyde or my master. What made you think it was Hyde? Hyde often comes and goes by the back way, and we are told not to take any notice of him.
2: Hyde goes to Dr. Jekyll's.
4: What relation is Dr. Jekyll to a murderer? Enter Sybil and Lily, and Lilying is about to speak when Sybil stops her.
1: I think I can explain this. Dr. Jekyll has for a long time been operating upon this poor specimen of humanity, and has no doubt given him free access to his laboratory, although after the crime it was a daring thing for him to do. Detective
4: rising and crossing center. Mr. Utterson, this requires
2: closer investigation, and I shall place a stronger guard around the doctor's house. Sybil comes
4: downstage.
2: Mr. Utterson, may I speak to you one minute privately?
1: Certainly, my dear. Mr. Newcomen, will you kindly take your men downstairs for a while? I will send for you.
4: C- certainly, Mr. Utterson, certainly. Exit followed by Poole and officers.
1: Well, girls, you look seriously anything wrong?
3: You look seriously anything wrong? We were
2: accidental hearers and have perhaps heard... Accidental hear- <laughs> Okay, take two. We were accidental hearers and have perhaps heard more than we should. Is it true that Hyde has access to Dr. Jekyll's house? It is. Great heaven. A murderer protected by Henry Jekyll, and that murderer a slayer of his pride's father. Impossible.
4: Not so impossible, and to each generation is born a slayer. True.
1: <laughs> so it seems.
2: You say so, the friend of my dead father, who are pledged by faith and honor. You do nothing in this matter, but calmly say, so it seems.
1: Sybil, you are unreasonable. I am powerless in this matter. And a woman. Some bond unites these men. Some link unites their fates. Some mystery prevails, which I am utterly unable to unravel.
2: Now I see it all. And that is no doubt the reason why he fell upon his knees and prayed for pardon. This is indeed terrible, and to think that I did love this man. It is the father for whom I mourn, and does he countername his murderer. The very thought will drive me frantic. Dear, bitty, dear. I know what I will do. I will go to him. I will tell him to choose between a murderer's companionship or mine.
1: You will not find him, dear. He has not been seen for days.
2: Not seen for days? Where is he?
1: That is the mystery which no one can unravel. He has not left London. How do you know that?
2: Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Then he must be still here and should be found. Enter office boy.
3: I'm Mr. Newcomen, Mr. Otterson.
1: <laughs> this may threw further light upon the matter. Reads. Good news, Mr. Utterson. Hyde has been seen lurking in some of some old dismal haunts. We're on his track again, and this time he will not escape us. We mustn't be too sure of that. Who says we are prosaic nation and that all the stories of the Arabianites are but fiction? This one is most certainly clothed with the most terrible reality.
4: Hey, quick question. What the fuck?
3: Did he just say, we're gonna get him, we can't be too sure of that, to
2: himself? Uh, yeah, I don't know (laughs) why we had to talk about...
1: No, he was reading a letter from the detective, and then he changed into, actually, no, I don't think so.
2: Exit. Uh, Lillian. What, dear? I've made up my mind. Oh, what, love? I will look for Hyde myself. Are you mad what the entire force of Scotland Yard is unable
1: to accomplish you hope to succeed in?
2: A woman's wit goes further than the police force of the entire world. This Hyde must be somewhere concealed, and my instinct tells me his hiding place. And that is? At his old lodgings. His landlady is an avaricious hag who will do anything for money. If Hyde had communications with Jekyll, it is not natural that she might have seen him there as well, and if that is the case, Jekyll must be guilty.
1: But how are you to find that out? She has so far been silent to all. But
2: she will not be to me. Money and persuasion, and perhaps a little mercy for my position, for after all she is but a woman, will go farther, farther than the art of detectives. Will go go farther. farther. You will go farther.
1: Then you propose to send for her?
2: No, that would arouse suspicion. I propose to go to her.
1: Oh, are you mad? Do you know where she lives?
2: How many hundreds of good women visit the slums of London every day without fear or danger? And why should not I do the same? Besides, it is my duty and heaven will protect me. Uh... Yeah, you know you what know it is, the slums of London were so safe for women, you know? Yeah, everything was fine in 1888. No, I'll go alone.
1: Not alone, Sibyl. If you are determined, I will go with you.
2: God bless you, darling. No harm will come to us. We'll be off at once.
1: Oh dear, oh dear. If I am murdered, what shall I say to my uncle? Okay,
4: that's funny. That's pretty fucking funny, Actually I have pretty to funny. Say. Exit with Sybil. Change to Act 3, Scene 2. Act 3, Scene 2. Street in Soho. Dilapidated House. Right.
1: Enter O'Brien. And there is not the slightest doubt on my mind that I'm dead. Well, it is better kay? to be dead and alive than to be alive and dead. I drunk. I never drunk more than one glass of whiskey in my life. But that devil hide, if I catch him, I'll make him pay for it. I'll hide that hide of him. <laughs> also pretty funny.
4: Exit. Enter Lillian and Sybil.
2: For shame, Lillian. Don't be so cowardly.
1: Oh, I can't help it, Sybil. I see that horrible hide everywhere. Why wouldn't you let the cab drive up here?
2: That would have been very foolish indeed. This is not a street in which cabs are in the habit of stopping.
1: But now that you are here in this dreadful street, what are you
2: going to do? Find out the lodgings keeper's
1: address.
4: But how? You shall see. Pause. Uh, Mr. Officer! Enter O'Brien.
1: What can I do for you, ma'am? A fine-dressed lady by the powers that's Miss Sybil and the other Mr. Usherson's niece.
4: We want to find the address of
2: a certain lodging housekeeper who lives in this neighborhood. A, uh, Mrs. Biley?
1: O'Brien aside. That's Hyde, woman. They don't know me, but I know them. The police is awake.
2: Can you give (laughs) us any information?
1: By Javison, I can. She lives right here. Would it be safe to go in there? Lillian frightened. Oh yes, Mr. policeman, would it be safe? Well, it would be safer to be out here. I'll call her out if you like and have a watch while you talk.
4: Thanks. O'Brien knocks at he- O'Brien knocks at the hag's door, rattling of the chain heard and the bolt withdrawn after repeating knocking. Hag inside. I'm assuming D wants to be the hag. Yes. <laughs> All right.
3: <clears throat> I'm a-coming, what do you want?
4: Opens door, sees policemen, and cringes. Cringe! <laughs> you fucking cringe! <laughs> Boston Cringe. <laughs> you will
3: lose, you will lose, Scotland Yard. Oh dear, is it, is it you, Mr. Officer? Any more news of that villain Hyde? Won't you come in?
1: No, I want you to come out. There are two ladies who wish to see you.
3: Two ladies? Allure. I'm not in proper trim to see them.
1: Come out, you old hag, and don't make such a fuss. Hag advancing.
3: Good evening, ladies. What can I do for you?
2: I'm sorry. Hag advancing. Hag advancing.
3: (laughs) Killing me. (laughs) Another (laughs) on yet another new shirt (laughs) I want.
2: Yeah. Are you the landlady with whom a certain Mr. Hyde stopped?
4: Yes, madam! Looks around to see if Policeman is watching.
3: I is sorry I is. He was a wicked, a very wicked man, and I thank my lord that he is gone.
2: Can you give us any clue of him?
3: How should I? I is a poor old woman who is amending her own business and do what's right and don't keep track of murderers.
2: No, my good woman, if I gave you a sovereign, would you answer a few questions? Of course I would bless your heart! Sibyl giving her money. Did Mr. Hyde go in and out of your house always alone?
3: Almost always, ma'am, almost always. What sort of company did he keep? All sorts, ma'am, all sorts. Some of those men in the tight pants.
2: (laughs) Was there among those who came to see him a gentleman by the name of Jekyll? Let's go, Sibyl. Jekyll!
3: Jekyll! Oh, that's the gentleman he hated. so. No, ma'am, I often heard him speak of him and tell me that he would kill him. But never seen him, ma'am, never seen
4: him. Lillian and Sibyl looking at each other. Lillian and Sybil in unison, apparently. He told
2: told you he would
4: would kill kill Dr. Dr. Jekyll?
3: (laughs) Yes, ma'am. And he would make faces at him and spit at him.
4: (laughs) Sybil to Lillian.
2: This is incomprehensible. And I am as wise now as I was before. But one thing I have learned: Henry is innocent, and all my suspicions have vanished. Come, let us go. Here, my good woman. Here are ten pounds for you. Jesus Christ! I leave Hyde to the justice of a superior power. Now that I know that Henry is innocent.
4: Exit with Lillian. Oh no! Uh, d- <laughs> oh, does no. someone
3: else want to adopt a hag, so I don't have to be hag and hide?
2: Oh no! I really, I really have to pee. Can I? Can you hag and hide and O'Brien while I pee? I'll Uh, hag and hide, I don't mind.
4: Yeah, I would also like to pee. Oh, okay. (laughs)
2: We we can pee whilst you hag and hide. I think we can hide. I'll I'll babysit this. Alright,
3: babysit me in a play with myself.
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) Alright, I'll be back. I'll do the stage
1: directions. I'll do the stage directions. Hmm.
3: Well, I never! <coughs> a Ten pound note from a Miss Sybil—that was the name of the other lady called her—and all because I told her that was to hate, hates a certain gentleman by the name of Jekyll. I was to be here tonight to give me the other fifty pounds he promised me for being, Mom. If he doesn't pay me, I'll betray him. I was to give him notice of any danger the officers had. The way he is, all right. I hear handsome. That's Hyde.
1: Enter Hyde.
3: <coughs> well, you old hag, all safe. Of course, Mr. Hyder, I would have given you warning. Get me some brandy, quick.
1: Exit Hag into house and returns with brandy.
3: Won't you come in? No, safer here. My cab is close by. Well, there were two ladies inquiring after you, one of whom was called Simmel. Sibyl? Simmel, what did she want? She wanted to know something about Dr. Jekyll. And what did you say? That you hated him. Good! Ha, ha ha How did the vicar's daughter like that? I how did the vicar's daughter like that? <laughs> it's a couple of crows talking to each other. This is a fucking tortoise. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're not gonna know what hit him when they hear this shit.
3: <laughs> the vicar's daughter! Then she was the poor child whose father you murdered. Shut up, you old man! <laughs> I won't! That's the reason the poor thing gave me these ten pounds to squeal on you, I suppose.
1: Snatching them from her and tearing them.
3: Shit! D- her ten pounds! I hate her! <laughs> he has torn my ten pounds! Please! Please!
1: Taking her hold of neck and forcing her down on her knees.
3: Hag, I killed the vicar, and if you give one sign or one breath,
4: I'll kill you too.
1: Exit, leaving her almost lifeless.
4: <coughs> please! Please!
1: Enter O'Brien! Well, you old hag, what are you cleaning up with the sidewalk for?
4: I <laughs> <laughs> was here nearly mad at me!
1: Hi, where's he gone to? Hag pointing. cab. Come. come along, you old devil!
3: I my ten pounds
4: tone.
1: Ten pounds? For you, come along and show me the cab or I will break every bone in your body.
4: <laughs> Drags her off, struggling ah! and screaming. <laughs> wow, it was a great time to pee. <laughs>
1: you? <laughs> you guys missed some fantastic oh, yeah. fucking shit. <laughs> uh,
4: <laughs> truly uh, incredible tour de force performance. I That's, should exactly I That's exactly what I said.
1: That's exactly what I said.
2: Guys, I want everyone to know that I pulled a muscle laughing. And now <laughs> no. And now I have a muscle like right in the center of my abdomen that just hurts every time I laugh because I
1: laugh. This is gonna be a fucking nightmare to edit, but I'm looking forward to it.
3: You guys are gonna nominate me for an Oscar because I was method acting when she got choked.
4: A <laughs> <laughs> regular Daniel Day Lewis, you were choking yourself am, out for yeah. art. Change to Act 3, Scene 3, Act 3, Scene 3, Dr. Lanyon, Reception Room, enter Lanyon and Poole, the latter with a small drawer. Come in, Pool. sit it down there. To Servant, James, you can retire, I shall require you no more. Now, Poole, let me see your letter of instruction. <laughs> but I thought you told me to come in, Pool. <laughs> now, Poole, let me see your letter of instruction and compare it with mine. Reads it. Yes, exactly the same. What can he mean?
1: I am sure I don't know, but we have fulfilled them to the letters.
4: Yes, we got the medicine he described in the drawer and brought it here.
1: Perhaps my master desires to make some experiment. What?
4: Here? Yes, All alone? Just you and I and my shirt? Falling (laughs) open?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Doctor.
4: He does not say that in his letter, but he distinctly says someone will call for these drugs at twelve o'clock who would designate himself as a midnight messenger. Who is that someone?
1: That's what's puzzling me. He doesn't mention it in my letter. He only says I shall assist you in forcing open the cabinet and destroying the lock. I have obeyed his instructions, and if you have no further use for me, I think I had better go home, as my master may turn up at any moment. How long has he been away, Poole? Three days, but we don't mind that. Now it is not an uncommon occurrence for my master to leave his home. Well, good night, Poole. You can use my cab outside. Thank you, sir. Exit.
4: Well, if I had not dined with Jekyll only a few days ago, I should certainly consider him mad today. He is the most extraordinary individual of all my colleagues. I wonder whether he is playing a joke with me. And yet he writes me so imploringly and gave Poole the same instructions as he gave me. Made everything so clear that I cannot doubt the veracity of these letters. But who is this midnight messenger that I am to expect so secretly, and why at such an unearthly hour? Looks at watch. Midnight. Now for my man, I had better have my loaded revolver ready when this expected midnight caller arrives. Clock strikes twelve. Knock outside. Transparency shown. Hide seen outside the portico. Lanyon at door. Who are you?
3: Your midnight
4: messenger. Come in quick. Hyde enters, slams the door in O'Brien's face as latter comes up, transparency darkens. Enter Lanyon into room followed by Hyde.
3: Quick, Quick, the drug, the drug!
4: Curve your impatience, sir. I must first know who you are.
3: Messenger from Dr. Henry Jekyll, your friend. He informed me I was to find here the
4: On that chair. Control yourself, sir. A glass of water. <laughs> Lanyon gives it to him.
3: Ah, now, Dr. Lanyon, watch my mixture. (laughs) Watch my mixture and the tincture. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) I, is complete, say if, say if you desire to see any more. (laughs) Here is the elixir of life. Frozen powder. See how it brightens. I'm on crack. (laughs) It will grow deeper.
4: Throws in another.
3: Watch me. Here's the last ingredient. Moral power. How I hate it.
4: Throws in another.
3: My drink is brewed, And now before I proceed, before I show you what science and progress has accomplished, of arrogance, ignorance, and darkness, swear to me... By your profession and honor, whatever you may see shall remain your heart's secret until your dying day. Swear. I swear. What fools you are who believe your cosmistimidity <laughs> is the gospel of pathology. I will prove to you by these few powders that there are powers in the brain of man beyond your logical ABC. <coughs> you wise who <laughs> dabble in the dark and murder when you profess to cure.
4: I hear in your discourse but foul abuse, not proofs. miserable bubble. You will bow before me as your master ere
3: I leave this room. I have waited for this moment all my life. Tis here, Lanyon, the proud, imperious Dr. Lanyon, will stand before me shortly as a schoolboy before his tutor, all succulent.
4: (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Enough of this. Leave this room at once or I shall hand you over to the police. Places his hand on the bell.
3: One moment. Wait till you have seen the finale, now, Doctor Lanyon. You who have grovelled in the ditch of darkness and unbelief, scorn and ridicule dissenters beyond your master. Great master.
4: heavens, master! master. <laughs> <laughs> Great heavens! What do I see? It cannot be. Yes, Henry Jekyll. Curtain. <laughs> Curtain. <laughs> Act 4, Scene 1, Room at Utterson's discovered Sybil, Lillian, and Utterson, Sybil reading. Oh. Shit, I gotta
1: <laughs> 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 Sorry, I Fuck, come time. on, Paris, it's Act 4, we're almost done. Paris
4: thought she could quietly sneak out and escape the rest of this planet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be here! <laughs>
2: no no i just i just needed to sit down sounds weird given my ailment but anyway dear sybil pardon my sin and neglect but my health will not permit my visiting nor receiving you as often as of your considerate no lack of affection or want of feeling it is simply a matter of faith
1: that's exactly what he wrote me after my calling for the last four months in vain to see him
2: what does he mean by it do you think he's ill
1: I never knew him to be anything else. Perhaps your coldness may have driven him to this. Oh, fuck off, Utterson.
2: (laughs) Sybil stabs Utterson in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that doesn't really happen. It's just what I want to do. Could I do otherwise after his extraordinary behavior? Why doesn't he give some explanation about this hide? Great heaven. My future husband suspected even of knowing the hiding place of this man, and instead of assisting us towards handing him to justice, he proudly disdains all explanation and shuts himself up as the wronged and injured saint.
1: True, true.
2: Well, Dr. Henry Jekyll, if you can be proud, so can I. And until you can clear your name of every vestige of suspicion so that not one speck remains upon it, we must henceforth be strangers.
1: Bravo, Sybil, that's the spirit I'd like to see you in. You take things too seriously, bitch. You fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt everything will yet be explained to your down. perfect satisfaction. <laughs> I wish I could give you better comfort, but the sudden death of my old friend Lanyon has oh quite god. me.
4: Oh my god, I died off stage. Yeah, I guess so. Fuck. I, I
2: didn't, I didn't realize we were supposed to take that from the last scene, but okay. Um, have you yet discovered what caused his explicable demise?
1: It is said that a sudden shock paralyzes his powers, the effect of which he never recovered from. Here are his papers. I have not opened them. I will do so now. Enter, Poole! Good evening, ladies. Good evening, Mr. Utterson.
2: Why, what's
1: the matter, Poole? You look as if you had seen ghosts. It gives me the blues to look at him. Sit down, Poole, and tell us what is the matter. Oh, Mr. Utterson, oh, Miss Sybil! I should like to speak, but I dare not. You see, ma'am, I dare not, I dare not. You see, ma'am, I'm afraid.
2: (laughs) Now, my good man, be plain. What do you fear?
1: The doctor has secluded himself in his study for five full days and allows no one to approach him and I, who for over twenty years have been his faithful servant and kept at a distance as if I were a stranger, sir, and that is breaking my heart.
2: Secluded himself and does not even allow his servants his faithful pool to approach that's strange
1: strange yes ma'am strange indeed come pool there must be something wrong take courage and explain
2: yes pool try and tell us
1: well I fear my master is gone
2: Sybil and Lillian gone Gone. (laughs) what does the man mean
1: yes murdered Sybil and Lillian murdered (laughs) preposterous "'You may say so, but I know what I know. "'Why does he pray to God for help and weep like a child "'and speak as if he was somebody else? "'How absurd! "'Do you think for one moment if Poole's preposterous story was true "'the murderer would remain at the scene of his crime? "'I have been for a score of years in my master's service "'and should be familiar with his voice and manner, "'and I hope you will not think me forward "'when I say I am familiar with every detail of my master's ways, "'and I know that that thing that is housed in his study "'is not my master.' Why, Poole, who else could it be? How do I know? We cannot even get a glimpse of him. All we see of him whenever he wants anything are little notes that he throws out on the staircase for us to pick up and attend to. (laughs) There was a certain prescription that he wanted badly, and I had to go for it as often as three and four times in one day, and then it wasn't the proper thing. What has become of these notes? I have kept some of them because I thought they might give a clue. Utterson reading one. Dr. Jekyll most respectfully begs to state that the last medicine they sent was impure, and here is another. To Monsieur Ciel, Nard, and Co., gentlemen who is the reason I cannot get the real thing I'm in a most distressing state, I beg of you to send by bearer the same I had some months ago.
2: Those are strange notes.
1: But how can you doubt your master still lives when you see before your very eyes his own signature? I don't care. Facts are facts. Didn't I see the horrible creature standing before me in all his ugliness? Utterson and Sybil What What creature? creature. Why, the thing, the it the dwarf, the monkey, or whatever you may call it. I only saw it for an second, but that was enough (laughs) it to turn my blood to ice It's clear to me that Jekyll's suffering from a disease of the mind, a depression a melancholia, and as soon as that is past, his health will be restored
2: God grant it may be so
1: Amen to that But I know the difference who suffers from a melancholia and one that is emaciated to a pulp. Why, Mr. Utterson, do you think I am a child? I who have been for years in my master's service and not know his noble, fine, and manly bearing compared to a Mm. miserable humpbacked deformity. I tell you that I believe in my soul that he has been killed.
4: Sybil and Lily.
1: Horrible! if that is your belief there is but one thing left for me especially if this note proves him to be still alive i'll demand to see him and if he denies me i'll demolish the door
2: and we'll go with you
1: but will you promise me to be calm and collected bitch
2: my My experience of the last few months has been so sad that it has turned me into a fearless and the last undaunted woman
3: you frigid hysterical bitch (laughs)
1: You can stay with the housekeeper while Poole and I investigate the matter. Come, Lillian. I suppose I must, but I am sure I will never come back to that house alive. Let us be off. Now we shall find out whether Jekyll or Hyde. Change to Act
4: 4, Scene 2, Act 4, Scene 2. Hull of Dr. Jekyll's house. Maria, the housemaid, Julia, the cook, Sarah, oh, the parlor, Bradshaw, <laughs> the footman, John, the coachman, George, the knife boy. Oh, no. George, not the knife boy. <laughs> These people
2: were not listed in the original uh, list of characters
4: I can't well. believe they neglected George the knife boy <laughs> <laughs> The
2: knife boy
4: Hold the whole knife <laughs> All huddled up together pushing themselves into the door when they are half on the stage they run off again, this business is repeated several times from L.I.E Bradshaw very frightened
1: Who's doing Bradshaw? I'll do it What is you afraid of? Can't you have courage of me? If we were men, undoubtedly we would! I've seen it! All turning in fright, coming near her.
3: It has got horns. All shudder. And its face is as white as snow. All shudder. And it certainly eats man's flesh. All shudder. And drinks man's blood. All
4: shudder. And it haunts you in your dreams. (laughs) All shudder. Knocking her outside, general business! In fear, the knife boy lets the knives and forks fall. Business of fear repeated. More knocking. Business repeated. (laughs) shot to Sarah.
3: My favorite military hero has to be
1: general business.
2: General (laughs) business. General busyness.
1: Go and open the door, Sarah.
4: Not for the world. You open it.
1: Give me a weapon, George.
4: Takes knife from out of his hand.
1: Oh for the knife boy. Good thing we have a knife boy. Now I am armed. Is that you, Poole? Poole outside. Yes, that's me, you fool. Open the door. Enter Utterson and Poole. Well, well, here's a goodly assembly. Don't you know you are doing very wrong to leave your work and make fools of yourselves in this fashion? They're all afraid. Sarah, go into the parlor and attend to the ladies. The rest of you attend to your duties. Bradshaw... Get me an axe and the kitchen poker, and now take my advice, Mr. Utterson. Whatever you do, don't enter the study, even if he should ask you to do so. Now, Poole, upon your oath, whom do you think was the dwarf or the thing, as you call it, which you saw in your master's laboratory? Poole, looking around, frightened. As I stand here before you, and as I am alive, and I swear to you, Mr. Utterson, it was Hyde and my solemn belief is that Hyde is the sole occupant of Dr. Jekyll's cabinet at present. Then it is time to act. If Harry has been murdered, he shall be avenged. Enter Bradshaw and other. Come, boys, pluck up your courage, give me the poker, take the candle pool, and now on to justice. Exit. Come along now, you didn't be afraid, ain't I with you? Exit. He said he was with us, and he's gone and left us. Drops Axe. What did you do that for? I couldn't help it. Yes, you did. You did it on purpose. No, I didn't. It was an accident.
4: Bus and dialogue. Exit. Change to Act 4, Scene 3, Act 4, Scene 3, Dr. Jekyll's Cabinet. Jekyll sitting before his study papers in hand. I have ransacked London in vain. I cannot get the original powders, which proves beyond a doubt that the first supply was impure and the cause of all this misery... This, then, is the last time short of a miracle that Henry Jekyll can think his own thoughts or see his own face in the glass. Terrible, terrible, I am losing my original self and becoming more and more incorporated with my second worse. Losing myself in the moment, the movement, the never let it go, only get one shot, you'd not get your chance to lose this opportunity, comes once in a lifetime, and thus I stand forever despised and friendless. It is not the gallows that I fear, but the horror of sinking back into the animal hide, the personification of evil, I go to bed as Jekyll, and I awake as Hyde, at any moment I may turn again into the brute that is within me. There was a time when I could foretell the indescribable sensations that heralded the change, but even that has left me now, and I may turn at any instant without warning into my other self. Here is my full story to Utterson, which I hope you will receive before Hyde destroys it out of malicious joy and hatred against me. In one half hour more, after I have emptied this last mixture, I shall again and then forever enter into that horrid state. Will Hyde die upon the scaffold, or will he find courage enough to release himself by taking this deadly poison? God knows. To vanish like a whisper without a friend, without one comfort, it is too hard. I feel it coming, now it is Hyde that stands near me. No, no, not yet. Oh, but if I had but a friend before I die, an animal, a dog, to comfort me or lick my hand. But to die like a breath, a whiff, oh, tis sad, knocks outside. "'What's that? It cannot be my pursuers. Has my hour already struck? Knocks again! Who's there? Sibyl outside!' "'It is I, your
2: Sibyl, who on great peril comes to see you. Oh, let me in!'
4: "'Oh, joy, tis she, and I dare not see her, but I hear her voice, Sibyl outside!' "'Open the door, Henry. Let me in!' "'I dare not, love. It is impossible, and yet have I not yet one love yet which I can secure!' A brief lease of my better life if I could but steal her forgiveness and die in peace, Sybil, outside. Open, Henry, open. I will if you promise to leave me when I bid you, Sybil, outside. I swear it. Jekyll takes drug, come friend, I never clutched <laughs> thee with so much joy before, now I am safe. Opens door. enters Sybil, at sight of him she stands amazed. You're doing drugs.
2: <laughs> this is not Jekyll, let me get a bump of that.
4: jekyll frightened and rushing to the mirror how so sees his mistake true i am no longer jekyll my cystics has made me very low oh henry why don't you let me nurse you that is impossible besides it is not the body's ailment it is the minds i'll soon recover and then we shall unite and nevermore be parted i am
2: no longer headstrong as soon as you are strong we will marry and be happy
4: As soon as I am well, we will marry. Yes, love. I dreamt last night that we were married in both in heaven. There were green woods and lulling waters there as well as here, and we saw the stars quite near. We were so happy. No frowns, no starts, no chills, no horrid images, but everything was calm and bright and beautiful. Your face was like an angel's, and your voice as pure and sacred as the children's in the choir. Oh, how beautiful. Go on. And then we heard a voice so calm and clear which went right deep into your most inmost hearts. It said, How can you be so happy here when? You know that there are other restless souls craving for pardon for their guilty lives. It struck me as a warning, and when I awoke I forgave all who in this world had injured me.
2: And so will I. May all who injured me find pardon there as I forgive them there.
4: Jekyll solemnly, amen. God bless you for that prayer, my child. May all who injured me find pardon there, as I forgive them there. I feel so happy now, and like a child, I could cry with joy. Goodbye, my love. We'll meet again.
2: W- when? T- tomorrow? Perhaps. Tomorrow,
4: then. As she is at the door, he rises and goes to her. Sibyl adieu, my love. Husband, tomorrow. Exit. Jekyll bolting door after her tomorrow, a morrow on which no sun will ever rise for me, and now my soul is clear and I can die in peace. But not without saying at least several hundred more words. Twas time she went, I felt unhinged chimes outside. Oh, those chimes, they do remind me of that dreadful night. Oh, God, forgive me for my crime. It was wrong to tempt me thus, and I am thusly punished. William, you are avenged. Who the fuck is William? The Reverend, oh,
1: the vicar, I must pray I, to the vicar. Drive... I... Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, the vicar, yeah.
4: Oh, I must pray to drive the fiend away. The fiend is coming, yes, Hyde is here. Stop that organ and those chimes. Stop them, I say, I hate them. And that, alas, you have always been my enemy. Vanish into the hateful mist from which you never more shall rise. Breaks, glass, Utterson, outside.
1: Jekyll, let me in.
3: You cannot come in. Remain without, or it will be the worst for you.
1: That sounds like Hyde's voice. Force open the door, Pool.
3: They are coming to take me to the gallows. I will not die on the gallows whilst there is good poison here. I have killed two souls already. Here goes for the third. Jekyll, I told you I would kill you.
4: Drinks poison and falls center. The door falls open. Uh, Enter Utterson and Pool. Curtain. Uh, Apotheosis. Curtain.
2: Ugh. Uh, what is that apotheosis supposed to be?
4: I it's the don't apotheosis know. of
2: everything I
3: stand for, for sure. Entertainment <laughs> is it the apotheosis of entertainment?
2: Um, I would like to read at least one of the reviews uh for this play. Please do. Um, from the Star, London, August seventh, eighteen eighty-eight. <laughs> This is entitled, Not at the Opera Comique. Mr. Batman produced his version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde at the Opera Comique last night, but we didn't go to see it because we don't approve of the shifts by which he has fought against Mr. Mansfield. Now we have gathered some idea of the ludicrous character of his performance... We are doubly glad we were not there. (laughs) That's it. That's the review. Hey, we heard it sucked. We didn't go. Sure sounds like it sucked.
1: Don't go. We heard this play have done problem.
2: (laughs) Have done problems. Dark past. Have done Um. problems. I have done problems. Yo, yo, this one. Okay, this was a little longer, but it's the best. It's my favorite one. Uh, All right. This is from the Sunday Times, August 12th, 1888. Plays and players. To cry over spilt milk has always been considered a useless proceeding. And as we may regard Mr. Bannman's harlequinade version of Dr. Drekel and Mr. Hyde in the light of spilt milk, since it is not likely to be seen here again, no good purpose can be served by bewailing its production. Indeed, it seems to me that litigation in such a case was mere waste of money, for so bad a play and so indifferent a performance might have been allowed to perform the happy dispatch... It wanted no legal injunction, no claim for infringement of copyright to sound the death knell of such a ludicrous exhibition as that which was vouchsafed at the Opera Comique last Monday. The unwholesome gloom of the Lyceum version of Mr. Stevenson's supernatural story is excused, if not redeemed by the extraordinarily powerful, although repulsive acting of Mr. Richard Mansfield in the character of the loathsome creature Hyde, the murder scene and the transformation scene being uniquely startling and marvelous, a histrionic tour de force but the opera comic version presented no redeeming features from a dramatic <laughs> point of view neither version has any reason d'etre but at the Lyceum, there is nothing absolutely ridiculous. Word is not impressive. It is simply dull to a wearisome degree. At the opera comique, however, Mr. Banman contrived to make the whole thing outrageously ridiculous. His Jekyll was as nauseous as Mr. Manfield's as maudlin, but there are any possible comparison ends. Mr. Manfield's hide is, however, repulsive and extraordinary piece of art. Whereas Mr. Banman is excelled in his pantomime, demon by Mr. George Conquest. Jun, not to mention other pantomimists of lesser degree. Of Miss Louise Baudet and the rest of the performers in this sorry affair, it were perhaps kinder to say nothing. The <laughs> opera comic is now closed, and Mr. Penman promises not to do it again. Till next time.
4: Certain <laughs> he says documents... he's very sorry. <laughs> he <laughs> says, <laughs> I have he's done very... problem.
2: <laughs> certain documents are expected from America, and until their arrival, the lawyer's briefs are to be put on the shelf. Requiescat in pace. It literally ends with R.I.P. I I just. (laughs) Rest in peace, everyone who watched this stupid play. R.I.P., this fucking (sighs) play. Yeah, there are. Before we
4: close out, I do want to go back to the very beginning of this very excellent piece of drama to when the vicar said, he winced, bit his lips, and as there was but Hobson's choice for him, hailed a cab. Y'all know what Hobson's Choice is because I have looked it up in the interim and it's very good.
2: <laughs> no, I, I don't.
4: From Wikipedia. A Hobson's Choice is a free choice in which only one thing is actually offered. The phrase is said to have originated with Thomas Hobson, 1544-1631, to 1631, a livery stable owner in Cambridge, England, who offered customers the choice of either taking the horse in his stall nearest the door or taking none at all. According to a plaque According to a plaque Underneath a painting of Hobson Donated to Cambridge Guildhall Hobson had an extensive stable of some 40 horses This gave the appearance to his customers That upon entry they would have their choice of mounts When in fact there was only one Hobson required his customers to take the horse the stall closest to the door This was to prevent the best horses from always being chosen Which would have caused those horses to become overused (laughs) I just love that this 16th century horse grifter was so infamous in england (laughs) that 200 years later they're calling it hobson's choice
3: (laughs) (laughs) wow the legacy of a horse grifter Uh... (gasps) wow (laughs) yeah thanks for i
2: (laughs) I love to torture viewers I love probably. to torture women and viewers um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ this yeah that that's awful. I mean I've worked on some bad plays uh forty second <coughs> street but um that was that was something uh if you thank all you
4: would like to listen or hear about more of the drama behind the drama and why such a terrible version of this play exists. I encourage you to pick up a copy of Jekyll and Hyde dramatized, which gives you the full history behind this wacky wacky stage production
2: uh and the authors there are chisholm and something i forget the other person's name um in any case thank you miri for this recommendation it yeah it, it fucking delivered man i your thesis is probably really interesting um I feel like your assumption that Ken would be angered uh, is correct. I I feel like we all had a fair bit of anger
4: during this. I am not angry. I am delighted. Delighted. And also thank you to Sarah for helping us track down this particular book, which has this particular play in it.
2: Yay. All right.
1: All right. Well, we've certainly given you a Hobson's choice here, Antiques Freaks, for having to do this with us.
2: Oh, are we all right. good? This well, off? Wait, wait, wait! Happy Halloween, everybody! Happy
4: fucking Halloween! Happy Halloween! I hope you Happy all Halloween. Have listen a... to Antiques Freaks. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Listen to Antiques <laughs> Freaks. <laughs> <laughs>
3: now listen to us. We're we're cool.
1: Which you are listening to now, anyway, because we're gonna put let them put this on this their channel. So it is Antiques Freaks, but also Terrible Book Club.
4: We we have done <laughs> Continue problems. You listening to Antiques <laughs> Freaks? Goodbye. <laughs> Later. Damn Bye. it.
3: Bye. Bye. Later. Bye. in pache. <laughs> I love torturing women and children. <laughs> They're so vulnerable. a <laughs> <laughs> problem.
1: As always, a heartfelt thank you to our patrons. Thank you to Dari, Greg, Veronica, Will D, Jared Arant, Senia, Jakub, Like Elliot, Kieran, Martin, Lucek, Miri, Yanka, David, Anya, Patricia, Austin, Dottie, Crimson Paladin. Beast with the Least, Scott H. Robin, Laxdodies, Of the Void, The Taco-Eating Unicorn, Last Man on Earth 01, Funny Robot with Antennas, hobby boy 93 Harry Mason, Renee, and our newest patron, Emmy. Welcome to the Terrible Book Club, Emmy. And of course, our Kofi Dona Kiwi thing. Thanks. See you guys next time.
2: Thank you for listening to another episode of Terrible Book Club terrible book club is an independent podcast produced by your hosts paris and chris sound design and audio editing by chris with sound effects and music by epidemic sound and sometimes also chris our theme song is kiss by yearn which is you guessed it actually also chris you can find more of his soothing synthy sounds on bandcamp at yearn.bandcamp.com do you want us to review a book of your choice on the show do you want access to some extra audiovisual weirdness if so become a patron at patreon.com slash terrible book if you'd like to send us a one-time tip instead you can do that at ko-fi.com slash terrible book club you can also support tbc for free by sharing the show on social media following our accounts on youtube twitter instagram facebook or goodreads telling your friends about your favorite episode Or by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or anywhere else on the internet. To send us book recommendations or your adorable pet photos, send an email to terriblebookclub at gmail.com.